Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it. One more time, put your hands together. Welcome on home. Look at all these wonderful people. Come on. Jesus is coming back. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Come on, come on, come on. (laughs) I guess you didn't hear me, right? Jesus is coming. I mean, I mean, I mean, think about this. The apostles in the first century, okay, they were saying what we were saying, right? 2,000 years later, here we are. We are 2,000 years closer to the coming of our king. I mean, that should get you excited, huh? And when you see what's going on in the Middle East, you say, wow, the time is here. So one more time. Come on, get excited. Jesus is coming. Give it up. Come on. I want you always to give it up for Christ, not for me or for pastor, for anybody who speaks up here. Amen. Because he's worthy. He's worthy. Well, today... Uh, pastor called me about a week and a half ago, and he asked me if I would bring a message today. And the first thing into my mind is like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, I love speaking, but, but when I have to travel from my chair to up here, it's like everything inside of me is saying, don't do it, you know? But uh, praise the Lord, we are here. And uh, Pastor shared his heart about the fact in the Jesus. Uh, there's like uh, some background on this. Can you turn it down a little bit? Thank you. Pastor has been sharing his heart for several weeks about Jesus above all, a wonderful teaching that he's been bringing to us. And, and I remember last week when he started sharing with us, he was talking about that identity. Remember, he put the sticker in his heart and his chest. And uh, I don't remember exactly what it said. Do you remember? Failure. Failure, right? So do you want to live by that label? No. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, right? So the treasure that God has deposited in our heart needs to be guarded. Did you hear me? That treasure, and we're going to talk about that today because I felt that guarding your heart is so important to maintain your identity and know who you are in Christ. But let me, let me tell you this little thing that I was fighting with God. Not, not literally, but you know, uh, because when pastor said, bring a message, uh, do you have anything in your heart you want to share? The first thing I said is, oh yeah. Because you see, I have this uh, 14 volume doc- uh, commentary on the book of Romans, and this guy goes verse by verse and each chapter of the book of Romans, he spends about 400 pages. I mean, multiply that times 14 volumes, you know. And so, so I told the pastor, I said, oh, yeah, there's so much treasure on, on those studies that I've been doing that I just, I'm just going to, let's see, should I go Romans chapter 4 and talk about the faith of Abraham? Should I go out Romans chapter 7 and talk about the struggle? And while I'm doing all this, writing stuff down and looking at scriptures, you know how the Holy Spirit just drops stuff in you? And the Holy Spirit says, no, speak on guarding your heart. And I was like, oh, no, man, but I got so much material on Romans, you know. But, uh, but anyway, so I, I, I wanted to be obedient. So uh, this is what I'm talking about today. And I want you to be blessed because, you know, God is here. Did you hear me? God is here. He's at our right hand. He's here with us at all times. And I'm going to invite you, if you would, bow your head and let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. 
Father, we lift you up and we want you to get all glory because the glory only begins to you. Father, move amongst your people today. Let your presence be felt in ways that we've never felt it before. Father, we open our hearts to you because we want you ultimately to own our hearts. Thank you, Father, that you stand at our right hand in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so there's many things. Uh, anybody here has an alarm system in your house? Okay, raise your hand if you've got an alarm system. Okay, raise your hand if you've got any cameras in your house. All right, so, so we protect what we care for, don't we? Come on, I, I want you to help me preach this message, all right? So we protect what we got, we protect what we love, right? We guard what we put value in, amen? We got our families, our homes, our possessions, our money. Hey, if you do banking online, do you have a strong password? Not really. I heard somebody say, not really. <laughs> well, you need to. You don't want nobody messing around with your money, right? You put it in the bank. You protect it. I mean, even in your computer, you got passwords. You got all this protection in your system. But what happens is that we fail to protect one of the most important things in our lives, and that is our heart. And today I want to share with you a few thoughts about this. And uh, hopefully by the end of the message, you realize how important it is to protect our hearts. And I'm sure that if you've been walking with Christ for a while, you probably already do. But first of all, I want to define what the heart is according to the Bible. Because the Bible, the heart in the Bible is not this blood pumping organism, okay? Okay, that is your biological heart. But the Bible calls the heart, okay, the, the heart, the mind, the spirit, and the soul, they're interchangeable, okay? When the Bible talks about the heart, it talks about the mind, it talks about the spirit, it talks about the soul. It uses all that to denote the same thing. That is the core, who you really are. In the word in Hebrew for heart is leb, L-E-B, and it means the inner person, the seed of thought and emotion, the conscience, the mind, and your understanding, that is the real you, and that is your heart, and that's what we're going to be talking about today that we need to make sure that we guard. Our heart is who you truly are, and you know what? Who you truly are, you can't hide that from God. Amen? You know that you have the public self, and you got the private self, right? I mean, let's be honest, right? I mean, you go to church, and, and, and I know, hey, I've done it too. Okay, we're family. Okay, we can be honest with each other. Remember, everyday church, everyday people. So, you, you know, sometimes you come to church and all the way to the parking lot, you're upset, you're depressed. I mean, you're angry, whatever might be going on in your life. You walk into the church and one of the ushers says, hey, good morning. And you go, hey, good morning. They say, how you doing? And you're like, I'm doing great. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Right? Yeah. Anybody ever done that? Yeah. Or is it just me? Come on. We've done that. But then when you go home and you look in the mirror, you know who you are, the true you, and God knows who we are. Look what it says in Psalm 139. The psalmist said, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand. You know my thoughts even when I am far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say before I even say it. God knows the real you. God knows the real you. And he knows what's in your heart. Now, how many here have heard the saying, follow your heart? Let me see some hands. Follow your heart. Do what makes you happy. Ain't that the, the world saying, right? I mean, follow your heart. 
whatever makes you happy, do it. I mean, we see it on billboards, you know. Uh, as a matter of fact, when you go in the turnpike down towards Orlando, there's quite a few Disney uh, billboards. I don't remember exactly what it says, but it basically says, you know, do what makes you happy, you know. Do you. Be you. Bottom line is follow your heart. Follow your heart. Do whatever you want to do with your life. But let me tell you something. <laughs> that is so wrong. It is so wrong. Following your heart will lead you to failure. Let me read you why we can't follow our hearts. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the, the heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Now, check this out. Look at this word, deceitful. It means crooked, polluted, fraudulent. Look at the word wicked. It means incurable and sick. Jeremiah is saying the human heart is the most crooked, polluted, fraudulent thing. And it's desperately incurable and sick. That is the natural human heart. And that is why you can't follow your heart. Amen? You can't follow your heart. Now, uh, while, I'm, while I'm sharing with you today, I want you to get involved. I love amens. Amen? Amen. I love that. I don't know. It just gets me going. Uh, I may get really excited in the middle of this message. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, but let me tell you how awesome the Holy Spirit is. Uh, yesterday, when I was home, what I try to do is I, I print my message. I go through my notes. I put it in the counter. And then I, I stand there. And I literally preach to the walls and my cats, okay? Because I want to see how long it's going to take me because I know you guys don't want me here for three hours, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I try to time myself and see how long it takes me. If I say this and, and it get, takes me an hour, then I tweak it, you know? But I was, saying, I was reading this yesterday and I was getting excited. I was, in my, I was in my kitchen on my counter. I was just praising God, hallelujah. I was getting saved. I mean... This is how, how awesome the Word of God is, and that's why I want you to, to receive it, to listen. Listen, there's no, no verses on the, on the wall to distract you. Put your Facebook down and open your ears to the Word of, the, of God. Amen? Amen? Now, like we're saying, the natural heart is wicked. And let me show you. I mean, it's amazing what the Bible says, and we know that, but hey, we need to quote some scripture here. Romans 5.12 says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam sinned brought death. So death spread to everyone, and everyone has sinned. Everyone means you and I, okay? Everyone has sinned. This death, this incurable disease, has touched us all from the day we were born. Everyone's heart has been affected. Proverbs 17, 27, 19, I'm sorry, it says, as the face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Think about that for a minute. The heart reflects the real person. You want to get to know somebody really well? Hang out with them. Listen to what they say. Listen to what they talk about. See how they react to different things. When you do that and you hang out with somebody long enough, you get to know the real person. Because it's easy for us to come to church, right? And raise our hands. It's easy for us to come to church and say, Amen, brother. You know? But when you walk through those doors... What are you carrying with you? See, when you're at Walmart, when somebody cuts you off, you know? <laughs> I know what you're talking about, okay? <laughs> okay, I want, let me sidetrack here for a minute. I know my wife's like, you always follow the squirrels, you know? <laughs> Back in, in uh, many, many, many years ago when I was still living in Don Ellen, and uh, I was going to a church in Don Ellen, and uh, 
the post office in Donnellan, a little post office, you know, I, I used to check my mail there every day. But if you've ever been in Donnellan, Highway 41 is the main highway, and the post office is on Highway 41. Traffic is horrible during the middle of the day up there. So one day I went to check the mail, come out, got back in my vehicle, and I got to the stop sign to try to enter Highway 41. But traffic, I must have sat there. I, I, I don't want to exaggerate and say 20 minutes because you know that's not true. But I must have sat there like two, three minutes where you really get desperate. And I allowed, I allowed my flesh, okay, listen, listen. I allowed my flesh to take me up. And I started banging my steering wheel. I was like, ah! Sorry, see, we, need a, a, for, we don't have to hold this. Anyway. So here I am in the middle of the afternoon in Donnellan at that stop sign at the post office just hitting the steering wheel because I was so upset. And all of a sudden I hear, eh, eh. And I look at my rear mirror and it was my pastor from Donnellan. <laughs> here I am going, ah! And my pastor's going, hey, hey, hey. He saw the whole thing. <laughs> That's the real you. That's the real you. We all have been affected by Adam's sin. Our natural heart is sinful. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you can't afford to listen to your heart. Did you hear that? You can't afford to listen to your heart. Your heart will lead you to failure. Your heart, not God's heart. Your heart will lead you to failure. Many believers, uh, I know a lot of people personally, and you probably do too. Many believers end up in divorce court. Many believers end up in sexual immorality. Many believers even end up in prison because they follow their heart. They don't listen to what God is saying about the issue in their lives at that time. They fail to surrender. Man. Listen to what Galatians chapter 5, 16 and 17 say on the New Living Translation. It says, let the Holy Spirit, not your heart, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us a desire that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Anybody here ever read Romans chapter 7? Talks about that struggle, right? Amen. It talks about that struggle with the flesh, with yourself. And, and obviously we're not going there right now, but this is exactly what it's talking about. These two forces are constantly fighting. And this is why it's imperative that we guard our hearts. You have to. Listen, you got no choice if you want to walk in victory. Our hearts will produce our thoughts which will dictate to some degree everything we say and everything we do. Listen to this. I, I have this posted in my office. I read it every day. And I shared it here before, but it's a very long time ago, so I'm going to share it again. And hear this so you can see how important it is that you guard your heart. Whatever you are exposed to produces the way you think. The way you think produces the way you feel. The way you feel determines the decisions you make. The decisions you make determine your actions. Your actions produce your habits, and your habits create your character, and your character will lead you to your destination. Do you want your character to lead you to victory? Then you need to go back to step one, whatever you're exposed to. Because that will begin, okay, 
whatever you are exposed to. And let me tell you something, with today's technology, we are exposed to everything. I grew up, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself, but I grew up in the 60s and early 70s in Puerto Rico, and yeah, come on, woo! I, I look great for 120, right? I'm 63, okay, so in case you don't, you know, okay. So anyway, I grew up in Puerto Rico. We had three channels on our television. We had no remote. Well, we were the remotes. Hey, go change the channel. We had to hold the antennas. You remember? You're older people like me. The rabbit antennas. Oh, this way, this way. No, this way, right? Okay. And what happened at midnight? The TV went off. They went, da, 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 boop, and that was it. No more TV. We only watch cartoons on Saturdays. None of this 24-hour thing. Hey, 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 we went outside. <laughs> we went outside, man. We used to go out and play in the neighborhood, and man, if we came back at 5, 6, 7 o'clock at night, you know, it's okay. You know, my parents were like, well, we got five. If one gets lost, no big deal, you know? So, I mean, I'm sorry, but... We did stuff. We, we had an imagination. And I don't know why I got sidetracked doing that. But anyway. Oh, yeah, well, we're exposed to. And, and everything was so different. Listen, we didn't hear about what was happening overseas or even in other states unless we saw it in the Sunday paper. But now everything is in your face, good and bad. So this is more important than ever because you're exposed to so much. Now, let me give you a few more reasons why you need to guard your heart. See, your heart controls your speech. Like I said, you hang out with somebody for long enough, and you'll hear to what they say. Luke 6.45 says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Some other version says, From the abundance of your heart. What? speaks your mouth or your mouth speaks and that is so so true i've been in front of men of god that were out there talking in general and men all of a sudden they start dropping all these words that they would never drop in church you know and you're like okay <laughs> you know now let's pray brother let's pray so your heart is also a source of defilement listen to what matthew chapter 15 18 and 19 says but the works you speak Come from the heart. We have established that. And that is what defiles you. Jesus said this. This is the red letters. He says, For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Your heart, that heart that the people out there want you to follow, is a source of defilement. Your heart also determines your character. Proverbs 23, 6 and 7 says, Do not eat the bread of a miser nor desire his delicacies, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. He says, eat and drink, but in his heart, he's not with you. That heart, that character is defined. And Romans 10, 10, it shows us that our heart can also be a source of faith. That's good news, amen? Our heart can be a source of faith. Romans 10, 10 says, for with the heart, with the real you, not this machine, with the real you, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, Confession is made unto salvation. Hallelujah. The natural heart of the human being, the natural heart of man, outside of the power of the Holy Ghost, is evil. And you must not follow it. But here's the good news. You ready? 
What, do I have to dance to get you going? I mean, yeah, I know, Red Dog's over there saying, no, thank you. <laughs> Listen, guys, guys, God is doing something. God is doing something. And I want you to be awake to receive what he's got for you. Hallelujah. Listen to what it says, this good news. The Lord begins, when you get saved, when you come to Christ, he begins that heart transplant. That heart transplant that we all need. Look what it says in Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27. God says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you of all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. Isn't that good news? I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. Amen. That's so powerful. Hallelujah. And then he says in verse 27, and I will put my spirit in you. Come on. I will put my, put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Don't you think that's a good enough reason to guard your heart? God is putting his spirit in you. Eternity is in you. And we don't protect it like we protect our bank account, our children. We need to protect it. And I want to go to the, probably the, the central verse of this teaching today, which is Proverbs 4.23, which I'm sure you heard it a bunch of times. And I'm going to read it in different translation. The New Living Translation on Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Look at the New International Version. It says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. Hallelujah. Look at the, uh, the meaning or the definition of the word guard. It's from the Hebrew nostar. And it means to protect, to preserve, to keep hidden. But I love this last definition. To be a watchman over. I mean, think, just, just sit there for a minute. When God says, guard your heart, he's telling you to be a watchman over it, to protect it above all else. Did you hear that? Above all else, guard it. I also look at this in the Webster Dictionary. The word guard means to protect from danger by watchful attention. They're right in there. To make secure, to preserve. We must learn to do everything we can to preserve, to guard our hearts. Now, when the Bible says, I mean, you guys are a bunch of scholars, amen? Woo, come on. When the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart. What is he saying? To guard about what? Above all else? So if God says above all else, does that mean above all else? Okay, most of you passed that test. I'm asking you again, does that mean above all, okay? Come on. Above all else. So guarding your heart needs to be a priority. Guarding your heart needs to be a priority in your life. You can't mess around with this. This is why we fall on our faces, okay? Because we're not guarding our hearts the way we should. Now let me finish with other translation. Proverbs 4.23 on the Amplified says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And in the English Standard Version, it says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. And of course, King James says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, 
for out of it are the issues of life. Now, I looked that word up, diligence. Uh, I, I'm like pastor. I like to look word definitions and see, see where it's coming from and what's saying. That word diligence, it means the steady, earnest, energetic effort, devoted and painstaking, devoted and painstaking work and application to accomplish an undertaking. This steady, earnest, and energetic effort. This is one thing that you must do. Did you hear me? This is one thing that you must do to guard your heart. This is our required duty if we want to live a life of victory. How many here would like to live a life of victory? Amen. Come on. Amen? So come on. So this is what the Bible's telling us. To guard our heart. Typically, when you are guarding anything, it comes down to two things. Preserving and protecting the good and valuable things and keeping the bad stuff out. I mean, think about that for a minute. All right, let me ask you something. To preserve, to protect, okay? Anybody here has ever been to the Smithsonian Museums in Washington, D.C.? I have. Many, many years ago. I think it was in the 80s I went. So I don't know how it's has to change. Have you ever seen the Hope Diamond? Anybody? Yes. Do you know how much the Hope Diamond is worth? What did you say? All of it? Yeah. $350 million. That stone, that blue piece of rock, is worth $350 million. Now, have you ever seen the security they have around the Hope Diamond? It's amazing. You can never touch it. You can't get near it. They got this thick glass around it. They got alarm system. They got sensors. They got everything. Why? Because of the value attached to the Hope Diamond. Now, what is that value attached to your heart? What is that treasure that God has deposited in you? Is that that important that we must guard it? I mean, think about that. If people spend that kind of money to guard a rock, that's what it is. It's a rock that somebody hundreds of years ago said, oh, this is worth a bunch of money. That's what diamonds are and all that. But when it comes to the treasure that God has deposited in our hearts, we are careless. Amen? Amen. You know, maybe you're not careless because you have learned your lesson, but most of the Christians at one time or another, they are careless. But step one is to guard your heart and recognize the treasure that God has deposited in you. Now listen to a warning from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, the devil walks around like a roaring lion, what's seeking whom he may devour? When it comes to targeting our hearts, there's a strategy that the devil uses all the time. I don't care if you're Adam in the garden or if you're in the year 2023, and it's called lies and deception. The devil lies to you all the time. I'm sure if you've ever been in a position in your life where you were caught in a sin, or, or trapped or struggling. And, and what does the enemy say? Oh, you can't tell nobody. Because you're the only one going through this. Oh, you can't go to church and ask them to pray for you. Because there is no hope. Lies and deception. Look at Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. When the serpent came to Eve. And he said to the woman, did God really say? He knows the word of God. And he will use it in the wrong way to get you to sin and to agree with him. He says, and then she says, you must not eat. Okay, he says, he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden, from any tree? 
The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Satan says, You will not certainly die. You see, the devil can't take your salvation. The devil can't take your position in Christ. But the devil can throw everything at you to stop you from being effective. Now listen to me. There's a reason why you're saved. There's a reason why you've been called by the Most High God. And it's that treasure that he has deposited in you that only you can share with somebody else. Not everybody's a teacher. Not everybody's a pastor. Not everybody's an evangelist. But there's a gift in your heart that God has put there to you and you alone to share with this world. But if you're not taking care of it, then when you come across those people who are in need, who are crying, who are desperate for God, you won't have anything for them. You need to get hold of the treasure that God has put in your heart, that precious salvation. You need to be vigilant. You need to be obedient. You need to get ready before the attack comes. If you have been around the word of God long enough, you can go back to the Old Testament and read the story of David. What it gets me about that story is the Israel, the soldiers of Israel were trained to fight. They were trained soldiers who kicked butt all the time. You see it when they came in Canaan and, you know, they destroyed this tribe and that tribe, whatever. But then they come across the Philistines or Philistines. I don't know how you say that. But anyway, you come across those bad hombre, you know, <laughs> I, I, I should have probably tell the message in Spanish, but I don't think a lot of you would get, a, get be blessed by it. So they come across this nine or ten foot guy named Goliath and you have the armies of Israel cowarding in fear. For 40 days, Goliath is spewing his stuff at them, threatening, look what I'm going to do to you when I get to you. For 40 days, and not one of those trained soldiers got up and said, oh yeah, I'm coming to get you. And it took a little kid, who according to theologians was about 13 years old, who came over there to bring some little sandwiches to his brothers, you know. And he gets up there and he says, whoa, whoa, what's, what's going on? So they tell him what's going on, and he gets that from here, and he just rises up oh, in the fear and the presence of God. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that threatens the army of the living God? Could you imagine a 13-year-old in front of all that army of people just standing up like that? He just knew who God was. And you know why he was prepared for that day? Because he was faithful and obedient well, he took care of his father's sheep. He knew God and the power that he possessed in the presence of God when the lion and the bear attacked and he killed them. He knew who God was. He had that relationship, that treasure with God. And therefore, when he saw that giant, he didn't even thought about, oh, this guy's 10 feet tall. He said, who cares? Watch me. I'm going to get you. And what did he do? He goes, could you imagine that? You know, in my, in my mind, I see the caricatures, you know, of the big guy falling face first, you know. Hey, that's how my mind works, you know. So anyway, so what does David do? He goes over there with his own, with the guy's sword. That was huge. It was like, mm, 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 mm. and he cuts his head off. Not because he was strong, but because of the God that lived in him. Amen. Now, but here's the thing. Listen to this thought. For a soldier to win a fight, 
He first has to show up. And you must be ready to show up for the fight because in case you haven't noticed, you have an enemy who's going to throw everything at you to get you distracted from the will of God. Amen? Amen. Whew, how much time I got, baby? That's my timekeeper over there. Oh, it's 15. I still got 20 pages to go. Just kidding. I know some people back there are going like, no. Nah. Hey. Well, you know what? Let me tell you something. This has nothing to do with my notes. Squirrel. It's me. What can I say? I, I, I went to Jamaica about 15. I was telling somebody earlier out there. I went to Jamaica on a mission trip about, I guess, 15, 20 years ago. It's been a while. And they asked me to preach at a church. And let me tell you something. Their church took eight hours. <laughs> you hear what I said? Yeah. Eight hours. So the next time you're sitting here for an hour and a half, man, think about Jamaica, okay? I mean, we came together at 10 o'clock in the morning. Everybody just hang out, did Bible study. We started the service at 11, which we didn't until about 2 o'clock. Then they hung out and started eating in the grounds. Then they had more music, more worship. And we're like, <laughs> I mean, in the United States, we would have been home sleeping by now, right? And, but you know what? When God is here, and when you fall in love with Jesus, time flies by. Time flies by. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. Where was I? Who knows? God is good. I'm having more fun than you guys are. All right. Proverbs 23, 26, and the King James Version says, and New King James says, My son and daughter, give me your heart. This takes surrender. Surrender. He says, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Now, I looked up the definition of surrender. Surrender is to yield to the power, the control, and the possession of another. And that's what God is calling from us, to surrender everything to him. Hello? Amen. Let me tell you something. One of the biggest problems in our walk with the Lord is our failure to surrender everything to him. Because you know what we do? Let me, let me use this example. We invite him. Because you know the Bible says he's knocking, right? So we invite him into our house. But we tell him, no, 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 no. Don't go into that bedroom. Jesus, you can have bedroom two, bedroom three. You can have all the bathrooms. You can have, but that bedroom, Jesus, is mine. We don't want you there. That's our failure to surrender areas of our life. And we need to make sure that we surrender. I'm going to read you a psalm that is a prime example of this surrender. Psalm 119, 11 through 16 says, Your word, Lord, I have hidden in my heart. The psalmist treasures the word of God. I have hidden in my heart that I might what? Not sin against you. Now think about that. That relationship with God is so powerful that he says, Father, your word I hide in my heart so I may not sin against you. That's love. That's surrender. And he goes on and says, Blessed are you, O God. Teach me your statutes, a teachable spirit. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. He speaks the word of God. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. He meditates on the word. I will delight myself in your statutes and I will not forget your words. He memorizes the word of God. This is what surrender is all about. Hallelujah. Anybody awake? Woo! Come on, we're doing good. 
Listen to the word of God. Psalm 37, 3 through 7. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. I mean, hear those words. Trust, dwell, feed, delight, commit, rest, wait. That takes an act of your will. See, God is not going to do that for you. God is not going to make you, force you to, to rest in him. God is not going to force you to pray, to read his word, to go to his presence, to go after him. God is not going to make you dwell. We need to dwell and delight ourselves because this is what surrender is. Now, as you surrender to the Lord, you need to maximize your intake of God's truth and minimize your intake of trash. Now listen, this is very important. Like I said earlier, we live in a world where everything's at your hands. You need to fill up your mind with His Word, not the world's trash. Fill your life with His presence, not Netflix, Instagram, TikTok, and everything else that the world throws at you. Now I'm not coming down on anybody who may be using one app or the other, but what I'm saying to you is that you need to take the time to, exp to realize, to see in your life, where are you spending your most time? If you're spending 12 hours a day on TikTok, and you forgot to talk to the Lord? You may not be guarding your heart. I mean, we need to, listen, we need to look in that mirror. And we need to be honest with ourselves. What am I doing with the life, with this precious gift that God has given me? We need to do this. We need to be obedient. We need to be honest. As you surrender your life to the Lord, remember, He will show His way. Remember, He will give you the grace you need for every day. And can I give you one of the greatest advice that somebody gave to me one time? He said to me, Louis, fall in love with Jesus. Wow. Fall in love with Jesus. That's the gospel right there. Because you know, you can, you can carry the Ten Commandments with you. You can carry the Bible with you. You can have all these rules and regulations, you know, what to do, what not to do. But you know what? When you fall in love with Jesus, oh, His presence, you know that He's there with you always. And when you fall in love with Jesus, everything else falls in place. So that's my greatest advice to you. Because let me tell you something. Church, religion, nice sermons, as nice as they might be, will never give you what a close relationship with God will. And let me give you another little advice as somebody. This is stuff that people have deposited in my heart through the years. Be obedient. And listen to this. A ton of prayer will never accomplish what an ounce of obedience will. Listen to that again. A ton of prayer will never accomplish what an ounce of obedience will. When the Holy Spirit guides you and is telling you what to do, you got to jump on that and do it. When the Holy Spirit is telling you how to live, you got to be obedient. Because you could pray all day long, but if you're disobedient to the Spirit of God, you're in trouble. Live it. Live it daily. Look at what Philippians 4.8 says in the New King James Version. It says, Finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, and this is a very common verse, whatever things are just, 
whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So why do you think the Word of God tells us to meditate on these things? Because they give you life. They give you life. And look what Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things on earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. I love highlighting those words. Seek. Set your mind. You died. Did you know that, that you are dead in Christ? You are dead to the world. You are dead to sin. You ever heard that? Yeah. I mean, you've been, you're a Christian long enough. You probably heard that, right? Amen? So does it, what does a dead person do? <coughs> huh? Nothing. Oh, I love that. So if you're dead to the world, be dead to the world. Be alive to Christ. Now, all these things that I just read you require discipline and obedience. Okay? You must be purposeful in your walk. You must maximize God's truth in your life. You must minimize the trash you take in. Amen. We, listen to me, we are living in a world that you can't afford to listen to the outside sources. Listen, to be a born-again believer is to be totally, 100% dedicated to God. You have died to this world. You have died to this world. Did you hear me? Come on, you have died to this world. Woo, come on. I'm almost done, but there's something really important I want to read to you. We must learn to take the necessary steps to eliminate and avoid outside influences in our life. If you've been here for a while, you probably remember last time I spoke, I spoke about if your right hand causes you to sin against you, cut it off. You remember that, anybody? Wow, they were not paying attention. Is that what happens? I hope not. So we talked about that. And it's not obviously, it's not that you need to cut your hand officially, that really you need to cut your hand. But it's that the Bible is basically, the whole message was not about cutting your hand off, but it was about making sure that if there's anything in your life that stopped you from God's best, get rid of it. And that's a hard thing to do, guys. You need to be purposeful. You need to be obedient. I want to say this, and I'm going to say it twice so you can hear this. Take this to heart in Jesus' name. Anything or anyone in your life that is hindering your obedience and service to God needs to be evaluated and dealt with accordingly. This is the essence of guarding your hearts in Christ. Let me say that one more time. Anything or anyone in your life that is hindering your obedience and service to God needs to be evaluated and dealt with accordingly. You were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Now listen, we don't have another hour to talk about how beautiful it was that God became flesh and dwelt among us. That He went to the cross to fulfill the law and the prophets. That He took your sin. You hear me? He took your sin. And Colossians says that He took all the writings that were against you and He erased them. And he gave you a clean, new life. Do we go through struggles? Yes. Do we go through horrible times? Yes. But let me tell you something. The power of the Holy Ghost in your life. 
the deposit of eternal life that God has put in your heart. All that that God has given us. When we learn to be thankful and realize we has been done, what he has done for us. That's why we got a heart. We got to carry that heart. We got to treasure that heart. We got to protect that heart. That's what God calls us to do. To protect the treasure he has deposited in you. With the precious blood of the lamb, he has given us eternal life. One of the things I love about the Apostle Paul is the way he called, the things he calls himself. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because we're almost done. In Romans 1.1, he calls himself a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Bondservant is one who gives himself up for another and to another's will. And then in Ephesians 6, he calls himself a slave of Christ. And in many other letters, he calls himself a slave. A slave is somebody devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interest. Let me tell you this. If you are a follower, I'm not saying that you're a guy who goes to church and enjoys it. No, no, no. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have no right to live your life any way you want. Did you hear that? You have no right to do what you please. You have been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. And now that treasure, that treasure that God died for has been deposited in you. And it is up to you to guard it, to take it to the world, to just love it. Recognize that treasure. Get a hold of His truth. Guard it with all your strength. Maybe you need to go to the storm by extra lux. Maybe you need to get a, 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 a you know, a, a, what do you call that? A, the one who watches your back, a bodyguard. Yeah, I couldn't come up with the word. Maybe you need a bodyguard to guard your heart. And I know that's not real what I'm talking about, but I'm just trying to convey how serious it is that we need to guard this treasure. Now here's a challenge that I want to throw your way. First of all, yes, recognize the treasure. Yes, get a hold of his truth. Yes, guard the heart with everything you got. But then, listen to me, then take that treasure that God has deposited in you and do what Proverbs chapter 4 says. Let it flow out of your heart. Because that is what we want to flow out of our hearts. So that when we walk out of these doors and we see people who are dying and going straight to hell, that you, in the grace and love that God has given you, you can share because it's going to flow from you. Do you get it? Now that you're guarding your heart, now that you're filling yourself with the Spirit of God, with the Word of God, with the wisdom of God, with the grace of God, and you walk outside, you can't help it but to leak it over everybody. That was a good place for you to yell. Come on. Wake up. Man, God is so awesome. This is the treasure He has deposited in you. And He wants you to guard it with everything you have. I'm going to have two altar calls, I guess, if you want to call them. I'm going to ask uh, some people from the uh, altar team to stand up here. Mike, Sean, Ellen. We, we love Jesus. We're not perfect. I'm telling you, we're not, I'm not perfect. But man, I love the Lord. We want to challenge you today. If you are a follower of Christ, okay? If you are a follower of Christ, but this message today resound in your heart and you realize... I'm not really guarding my heart. I want to I wanna invite you to join us in a minute when I, when I pray so that we can pray for you. 
But now if you're here today and you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. So today is your day to come to Christ. Listen, nobody here is going to beat you up or make you feel bad. But we want to welcome you to the family of God. We want to love on you so that you know who this Jesus is. Amen. So if you want to accept the Lord Jesus today for the first time, or if you need prayer just to seal the thing about guarding your heart with us, we're going to be right here and we invite you. And as long as it takes, we'll pray for you. Let me pray and then those of you who need to leave your dismissed, those of you who want some prayer, please come forth. We'll be here for you and we want to love on you. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for what you've done in our lives. The treasure, that eternal life that you have deposited in us. Father, let us from this day forward never be careless with the treasure in our heart. Never be careless with the heart that you have given us, the new heart of flesh. But to walk according to your ways and your ways only. Not according to my ways, not according to what the world says. I don't want to follow my heart. I don't want to follow what the world says to follow. I want to follow you, Jesus. You're the only way, the only truth, the only life. And to you I surrender all. Bless these people today in the name of Jesus. Father, let them meditate on the words that have been shared with them today. The importance of guarding the treasure that you have deposited in them. In Jesus' name. On behalf of Pastor Randy and the entire staff at Everyday Church, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.